You are now listening to Men of March, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Welcome back to the Men of March podcast. I am your host, Austin Montgomery, and I'm with my guy, Nate Marcus. Uh, the tournament, we're recording on Thursday morning. The tournament is just a few hours away. We are so excited. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. The tournament is in seven hours. We get started with the first four, and I could not be more excited. Man, it's March. We've waited 700 days for this. It's just kind of mind-boggling where this time last year, we're just kind of hunkered down. We didn't really know what what was happening with COVID. Uh, we're really just mourning the tournament, saying, ah, waking up, damn, I could be watching March mat- college basketball all day right now. And then tomorrow, we actually get to do it. Yeah, I truly cannot wait. Last year at this time, I was watching reruns of classic tournament games every day, and now I get to watch new games and the real thing. So it should be great. It's awesome, and we it starts with Florida, Virginia Tech, and we'll get to that. We'll, and what we're going to do today, we're going to give out our official brackets. We're going to give out our official picks. We're going to break down every single game going on in this year's NCAA tournament, and we'll talk about and we And if we have time, we'll talk about other the, the other stories surrounding it. But first, let's just get let's, let's just let's just get down to it. So, uh, Nate, we'll have we'll start off in the West region with uh, Gonzaga. We talked in the last pod. This is kind of Gonzaga's region. The committee kind of made it pretty easy for them, putting a bunch of teams that they've already beat. Uh, we've had Virginia and Kansas in the region that's in the they've passed COVID protocols. I guess Jalen Wilson's not playing for Kansas. We know there's someone not playing for Virginia, but don't know who it is, but we'll start at the top. Uh, Gonzaga 16th seed versus Norfolk state or Appalachian state kind of just run down to Ohio and tell us who you got. And if you're, and you're making any single wages on any of these teams. Uh, first of all, Gonzaga is going to get to play whoever is sacrificed to them between Norfolk State and Appalachian State tonight. But both those teams are making their first tournament appearance in a while. So that should be at least a fun playing game to watch. Uh, then in that 8-9 game, I have Oklahoma beating Missouri. Davion Harmon being out kind of made that pick a little more of a toss-up. But uh, I can't I, – Missouri hasn't been playing great. I don't think they advance. And then the 5-12, I think it's one of the least – popular 5-12 upsets. I have UCSB over Creighton. I just can't get out of my mind how bad Creighton looked the other night against Georgetown. And UCSB has a guard named Jacory McLaughlin, who's going to be a sensational March star. And then in the 4-13 game, a lot of people are talking about Ohio beating Virginia. But I think Virginia with Tony Bennett and just that pack line defense, they're going to be able to shut down Ohio's offense. And I think they're going to do just enough to advance. As far as betting goes, I think that Ohio is, while they're going to lose, is going to cover against Virginia. They're plus seven and a half on my bookie last time I checked. And I think that's worth a wager. Awesome. And then I'll kind of run with, same with Gonzaga. Not going to shock everyone or have hot takes for the clicks. Gonzaga is no Appalachian State 2004 football upset over there. And I've I've seen people make that take, actually, which is pretty cool quite insane that since Appalachian State beat Michigan in a football game in 2004 they're gonna have a chance against Gonzaga I have seen that take on the internet just be wary of it (laughs) and just keep and just try not to cringe too much then I'll have Missouri just uh, to meet Gonzaga toss-up game but I'll take Missouri there and then I love this 12-5 12-5 matchup with UCSB. I've actually been to a couple of UCSB games this year and covered them. And man, this team is so much fun to watch. They're just incredibly efficient. It's a terrible matchup for Creighton. Uh, Creighton's uh, best rim or tallest rim protector is Christian Bishop that stands at 6-7. UCSB has two legitimate big Oregon transfer Miles Norris. He was actually a rotation player in Oregon's Sweet 16 run in 2019 when the last time we had a tournament around hyper-athletic big. And then Amandu So, 6'9", just built like a brick shit house, Like 6'9", 250, super athletic too. 
and he's just a monster on the glass. And I don't really see an avenue where they stop so, like in the post. And I love Ja'Cory McLaughlin. He's one of the best, like you said, he's going to be one of the most sensational stars this March. He's actually one of the, the most, uh, he check math, basketball.com does these gold star ratings and they metrically kind of it's like Ken Palm but they figure out like who are the best players metrically and impact winning from an individual standpoint and Ja'Cory McLaughlin ranks 15th on that list and the guy that that's right in front of him is Ayu DeSumo so just kind of for reference on that that's how good Ja'Cory McLaughlin is and I'm not saying he's on that level but the way he impacts winning that's where he's at. I can see him making a clutch buzzer beater shot and just having that March Madness moment. And then I actually am going to go with a 12-13 here with Ohio, Jason Preston, another point guard, legitimate first-round pick. I just don't know how Virginia is going to do with not having to practice, the weird travel schedule. And we might not get a Jay Huff or a Sam Hauser or uh, Kihei Clark, we don't know who's going to be out for Virginia. So assuming it's going to be a main rotational piece, I think, especially if it's Sam Hauser, I don't see Virginia winning this game if Sam Hauser is not available. So I'll take Ohio in that matchup. Now we'll move forward to the bottom half of the first round, starting with USC against whoever the playing team may be. Okay, so for that playing game, I'm just excited they put Drake in the field. I think Drake absolutely deserved to get their chance in the NCAA tournament starting 18-0 and and going 25-4 and in the Missouri Valley. So that's really exciting. But whoever wins that playoff, playing game, I think, is going to get dominated by USC. I think USC is a scary team. They got deep guards, and they have a 6'11 center who's going to be a top three pick in the draft named Evan Mobley, who is an absolute game changer. And then uh, in that Eastern Washington-Kansas game, I like Kansas – Eastern Washington plays up tempo, even without Jalen Wilson. I think with David McCormack, yeah, they're going to be too big for the Eagles out of the big sky. And then in the 7-10 game, I like Oregon. I think that's a pretty big toss-up right there. That feels more like an 8-9 game. VCU was impressive during the regular season. Bones Highland versus Chris Duarte is going to be an individual matchup that's going to be really fun to watch. And then in the 2-15, I've got Iowa over Grand Canyon. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. We'll get into that game. Uh, so, yeah, 6-11, I think USC is going to dominate too. Too much size. Evan Mobley, legitimate comparison to Anthony Davis. Don't think that's a hyperbole. Uh, Kansas, Eastern Washington, Kansas, even with Jalen Wilson out. Eastern Washington's low-key kind of a fun team to watch. Um, they shoot a lot of threes. They, I don't think they'll have a chance to win the game. But just they're just really undersized. I think McCormick can have their way. But I think for like a first half, though, I think it's going to be one of those games where we're going to look at the score and you're like, damn, Eastern Washington. So just kind of keep a, keep a look on that. Oregon, VCU. I have Oregon winning, but I have VCU covering, like you said, the Duarte-Bones-Highland matchup. It's just some, it's going to be must-watch television. Um, I think Bones is going to be one of those guys that's going to be one of the top prospects and not this next year, but in the 2022 draft. And VCU is going to be a team to watch in that year, too. They're extremely young. I think this is one of the better coaching jobs in college basketball, what Mike Rhodes has done with the Rams. They're projected to finish ninth in the A-10 conference. And to be able to get an in in, at-large bid in the NCAA tournament is just really, really um, impressive. And Dana Altman's probably had one of the better coaching jobs he's had at Oregon when you just take into the fact about this team is brand new of all the transfers they brought in with Amari Hardy, uh, LJ Figueroa, and they lost their starting center uh, five games into the season. So what Altman's doing there is um, really impressive. And I'm going to take Grand Canyon here. And just, uh, I, I think there's upside in this pick because I don't think I have Iowa going into the sweet 16. Anyway, I think they lose to Oregon in the next round, but just, just the way we'll, I guess we're, I'm going to bring it up. We'll bring it up later. But the way, I don't think I was focused, man. I really don't. With Jordan Bohannon, he's tweeting about like not the NCAA property thing. And it's good that they're having a voice, but he's been doing all these interviews complaining about, oh, like the bubbles, they're treating us like shit in the bubble. And he's doing all this. 
sure how much of their focus is focused on Grand Canyon. Because if they don't show up and they're not prepared, GCU is going to beat them. Like, GCU is going to beat them. Um, and the way I'm going to be fading three-point reliant teams through this entire tournament, like, you're not having a regular shooting around. You're practicing in YMCA gyms. You were going through a rhythm where you didn't practice for two days. You're preparing virtually. And Iowa's a team that's a rhythm team. They, they shoot a lot of transition threes. Um, they shoot more threes than almost anyone in the country. I know they're the second most efficient offense in college basketball, but GCU has ranked eighth in the effective field goal percentage, second in overall field goal percentage. They're a top 50 team defensively. They have a guy that can, they can throw at Garza and then not having Zach Nunji for Iowa. I think he, I think Nunji's their second best player. I don't think it's Bohannon. I think it's Nunji off the bench. He's, Talk about like those gold star ratings. Nunji, the top 35 guy as, as far as he impacts winning and in his limited amount of time on the court. And he takes a lot of pressure off Garza, tons of pressure off Garza. He's actually one of their better defenders too. Garza's terrible defending the rim. And GCU has a couple guys with Alessandro Laver and uh, Ashbourne Mickard that can get buckets there. I've had a couple of professional betters that have, projected Iowa to the final four and and I just reached out to see how much I can bet that that does not happen and that they and I have uh, actually a bet here that um Iowa won't make the sweet 16 I bet GCU plus the 15 and a half plus the 14 and a half and I threw 50 dollars on GCU on the money line at plus 870 so I'm not just saying this because Grand Canyon is my alma mater and I'm rooting for the Lopes but I'm putting my hard-earned money that Grand Canyon is going to shock the world and pull the upset here. All right, all right. Uh, my best bet for this little group of games is going to be USC over the winner of the playing game. I don't care what the number is. It could be seven, eight, doesn't matter to me. I think both these teams are going to be too small to deal with the Mobley Twins inside. Not the Mobley Twins, I guess, the Mobley Brothers inside. And I think they're going to have problems with the big guards that USC has on the perimeter. All right, we'll go back to the round 32, back up to Gonzaga in that second-round matchup. Uh, give me Gonzaga over – I have Oklahoma. Uh, Brady Manick is not going to be able to deal with Drew Timmy inside, and they're not going to be able to run around with Corey Kisper, Jalen Suggs, and Joel Ayai. And then in the round of 32 game beneath them, I have UCSB beating Virginia for the same reasons that you mentioned earlier with Miles Norris, I'm going to do so – and Ja'Cory McLaughlin, just all three big-time players, I think they're going to get through to the round of 16. I think they're going to be the big Cinderella story in the first weekend of March Madness. And then we'll go same same pick, Gonzaga to beat um, Missouri. I don't think – it doesn't really matter, like, who they play. Gonzaga's going to kill whoever plays in the second-round game. There'll be, there'll be narratives of, like, oh, whoever, like, Oklahoma's – Matches up well with Gonzaga. Watch out. No, Gonzaga's going to win by 20. And then UCSB advancing against Ohio. At what, your point, if they play Virginia, that would be one of my favorite bets in the tournament if they get that opportunity. I think they match up really – they would match up really well with Virginia too, the way they both play slow, but UCSB being more efficient. And then we'll go to the bottom half. I will start with you, USC playing Kansas. I got USC beating Kansas. Uh, I don't think Kansas, Kansas is going to be missing one of their better players in Jalen, freshman Jalen Wilson. And I think that's going to be a real detriment to their ability to play inside. Like I said, Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley are going to be a big problem for David McCormack. I don't think he's going to be able to handle them. Wow. And, and I'm going to oh, go, go on. No, you're good. I messed up. And then Oregon versus Iowa. I like Oregon a lot. Like you said, Iowa is a three-point dependent shooting team. I think Oregon has a lot of bodies that they can throw at Luka Garza and Chandler Lawson and Eric Williams and Eugene Armuori. And then Chris Duarte is just a big-time player. I think he's one of the most underrated draft prospects and players in the country. He's just a guy that could go get you a bucket, get you a stop, make a play. I trust him a lot. And I promise we did not plan this before, but I got the same Sweet 16 as Nate. So I have USC being Kansas for that same like reason. Evan Mobley and McCormick. I love McCormick, but he hasn't played a big in the Big uh, 12 like Evan Mobley. I don't think there's really anyone that comes close. You can you can interrupt me if you think there is, but there's, I mean, there's nobody in the Big 12 that compares to his athleticism and size. Yeah, there's nothing, right? And... USC has really 
underrated guards with Ethan Anderson coming off the bench, just being that death piece and that spark plug. And Kansas really doesn't have that guy off the bench. I guess maybe like Christian Braun, but he's no Ethan Anderson. So I have USC advancing. And then, like you said, Oregon to the Sweet 16 is one of my favorite bets in the, in the entire tournament. Iowa not to make the Sweet 16 is also a bet. You can get that plus 180 for Iowa not to make it. And you can get Oregon at like plus 270, plus 250 to make the Sweet 16. So I think that's a very, very valuable wager. We'll go to the Sweet 16, Gonzaga, uh, starting with Gonzaga, Nate. I think the Cinderella story ends there for UCSB. Gonzaga is going to beat them down. And then in the second Sweet 16 game, I have USC or Oregon. The one time they played in the regular season, USC dominated them at home. And, yeah. And then just finish off, like, who do you have going in the Final Four? Gonzaga over USC. Okay. So that's going to be my pick. And then I'll trendy, do- I know. Very trendy, and I, we're, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I don't think – I love UCSB, but I'm, I'm not going to get crazy with it. I'm going to advance Gonzaga there. And USC against Oregon, like you said, the matchup. USC killed them in their first uh, – the last time last time they played, and I don't think things end up differently. And then Gonzaga advancing to USC. I would love to see Mobley against um, Gonzaga, too. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup think USC has a chance to be competitive for about a half, but Gonzaga, they're all, they're going to be on a mission. They're not going to lose, lose to USC. Got them advancing to the Final Four. So we'll go back to the round of 64 in the East. So just to recap, we both got um, our Sweet 16 is Gonzaga, UCSB, USC, and Oregon. We both have USC advancing to the lead eight, the first Gonzaga, and Gonzaga making it to the Final Four. Uh, we both like UCSB in the 12-5 matchup. We both like Ohio to cover the plus seven and a half. And we both like the bet Oregon to make the Sweet 16 and Iowa to fall early. And Nate likes that USC bet whoever they play in the first round game. We don't care to spread. USC is going to dominate. So now time to break down the East. Um, we'll start off with you, Nate, again. We'll go just kind of the same formula. Break down the first four games. I'll come back up, and we'll go from there. We'll start at the top of the bracket, Michigan versus Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Uh, Michigan will most likely be without Isaiah Livers. Even without Isaiah Livers, they're going to be too talented to go against any 16 seed and lose, so I got them moving to the round of 32. And then the second game, I have St. Bonaventure over LSU. I feel like a lot of people think LSU is underseeded. They got LSU making runs in this tournament. I think they're a good team, but I think they're a flawed team that doesn't play defense very well. And I think St. Bonaventure is one of the least talked about teams in this bracket. They really only play about five guys, each of them playing over 80% of minutes. But I think that's going to be a bit, and they're all juniors and seniors. I think it's going to be a big advantage for them when they are playing LSU in that first game. And then the going down, I think Colorado versus Georgetown. I think Colorado is going to move on. I hate to see Patrick Ewing's run end, but I think it's, this is where it does. And then in the 4-13 game, I have Florida State over UNCG. That's one I flipped back and forth on a lot. I think UNCG is a pretty impressive team. They play defense really well. Wes Miller is a really good coach. And they've got a player in Isaiah Miller who has the potential to be one of the showstoppers of March this week. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go, I'll go a little quicker. Michigan's not losing in the uh, round of 16 game, even without livers. I'm going to go with LSU here. I've gone back and forth on this game a million times and have just talked to a bunch of people about it. I've had a lot of people that like Bonaventure, a lot of people that like LSU. I think LSU, if LSU can run in transition, I think they can beat Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie's one weakness is they do give up about like 36% from three, and LSU has a bunch of shooters with Smart, Cam Thomas. I do not – this is probably like my least favorite pick in the entire bracket, though. I know everyone loves LSU, which makes me kind of be like, eh. <laughs> and usually when it's when there's a a conglomerate of guys, of people saying a seventh seed or a sixth seed or an eight seed is going to make a run, they usually end up losing in the first round. But I'll just take LSU to win in round one for uh, this bracket. And then Colorado, Georgetown, I think Patrick Ewing's run ends as well. I think Colorado can just throw a bunch of size at Georgetown, like Villanova, Creighton, 
I think they played Seton Hall, if I'm correct, in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't able to handle uh, Georgetown size with a with a Wahab and Pickett driving defensively. Um, Colorado has a guy named Evan Batty, one of the Little better high school alum. <laughs> uh, he's he's one of the better perimeter or not perimeter defenders, excuse me, interior defenders in the country. Um, he actually did give Evan Mobley a lot of problems in that first half in that semifinal game against USC, and I was super impressed with that. Then you have a guy, uh, senior McKinley Wright making his first NCAA tournament appearance. That is so long overdue, man. He's been one of my favorite college basketball players to watch over the last four years. And I don't think he uh, goes out in the first round. Give me the buffs. And then, like you said, Florida State and UNC Greensboro. I think this is just a terrible matchup for the Spartans. Florida State, too long, too athletic, too much depth. And I think they advance pretty easily here. Okay, and then moving down that bracket, I have the winner of Michigan State and UCLA beating BYU. I think BYU is one of the most overseeded teams in the tournament. I don't know, besides a win at San Diego State, what they did to deserve a succeed. They played Gonzaga three times, and while they played them tough the third time, they lost in double digits all three times. There's really nothing on that resume that warrants a succeed. I kind of, that changes, though, if UCLA wins tonight. I think UCLA can lose to BYU, but give me the Spartans to move on to the round of 32. And then the 14 versus... Three, I have Texas beating Abilene Christian in a close one. Abilene Christian turns you over a lot. Texas has, but Texas has a lot of depth and a lot of experience at the guard position. And I think they're going to be able to move through somewhat comfortably. 7-10, I think UConn and James Booknight's going to beat Maryland. James Booknight has that Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier magic and just might be the best NBA prospect in this region. And then moving down to the 2-15, I have Rick Pitino's season ending against Bama. Yeah, we'll go down. That Michigan State and UCLA um, playing game, man, it's an interesting one because I, th- I don't know if anyone's picking UCLA in that game. Yeah, I agree. I, UCLA is injured. They're coming in on a s- slump. I don't know. And just the I way March works. It. And the way March works, like UCLA is going to win that. <laughs> that's just the I'll way. by 15 points. <laughs> it's like that's the way March works. They don't have Jalen Hill, no Chris Smith. And UCLA and Michigan, they play sim- Michigan State, they play similar styles. So. Like, I, I, I have the same, like, same logic as you, but I think, I don't know, I just have a feeling UCLA is going to win that playing game. But I'll put it, but for the sake of our bracket, I will put UCLA or Michigan State against over BYU. Um, just for the same reasons you said. I love Alex Barcelo, but I covered him actually a lot in high school, actually, when he committed to Arizona. I've watched a lot Alex Barcelo play basketball for what seems like an eternity and he's a really skilled player good shooter but I don't really think they really have any guys outside of him like Brandon Everett he's a nice piece I don't think Matt Harms although he was one of the better transfers on the market last year I don't think he's that good despite being 7-3 so I think he's been a disappointment and I guess against Michigan State and UCLA Harms should be able to have his way but I don't think he's just that dominant presence that can take over a game. And then Texas against Abilene Christian. This is one you got to watch. Again, I think it's going to be close. Abilene Christian, they t- turn you over. They're really good from three. Um, their coach comes from that Chris Beard mold. They kind of play that same style. But Abilene Christian is plays a lot more modern on offense, if that makes sense. So that same tenacity on defense, they're more modern on offense. They're a little bit more up-tempo. They shoot a lot of threes. Again, UConn against Maryland, one of my favorite first-round matchups. I like James Booknight to, to move on there. And um, Alabama is not going to lose to Rick Pitino's Iona Gales. It's just not going to happen. I think some people are just thinking I, Iona's going to give him trouble because Rick Pitino's on the sideline. I think Alabama wins that one pretty easily. So we'll go up to the round of 32, with uh, starting with Michigan. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the round of 32, no matter who wins that 8-9 game. Uh, but I have Michigan advancing over St. Bonaventure. I think the Isaiah Livers injury is significant, but I think that Jawan Howard has done such a good job with this team. This team is so old, so experienced, that I think they're going to be able to do just enough to make it to the Sweet 16. And then Florida State versus Colorado. I think I like Florida State's depth and length against Colorado. Like you said, Colorado defends the interior well, but Florida State has 7-1 bolts. So I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And then they have a myriad of uh, perimeter players that can either shoot the ball or get inside the paint. And Scotty Barnes is going to 
I think, be the best player on the court in that game, and he should make the difference. Yeah. And then um, then for me, I like Michigan going against LSU. LSU has been kind of a trendy pick to um, beat Michigan, but even without Isaiah Livers, Hunter Dickinson, Franz Wagner, I think there's also just a coaching mismatch between Howard and Will Wade. I think Michigan gets it done, gets it to the Sweet 16. Colorado, Florida State is very interesting. I think if you have like a big bracket or if there is a situation where it's only one winner, like winner take all, I think it would be smart to take Colorado just for contrarian purposes because I think everyone's going to have this matchup and everyone's going to have Florida State in this spot. So in a way to get extra points per se, as far as bracket strategy goes, um, Colorado is actually kind of a good pick here, but I agree with you that Florida State is going to win and, and advance this, advance in this bracket. Just their shooting, long athletic. Leonard Hamilton is one of the most un, underappreciated coaches in all of college basketball, Nate. And so I'm going to have Florida State advancing to the Sweet 16 against Michigan, but I just want to go to my point. If you are in a big bracket with a lot of people, or if there's only one prize, a winner take all, a good contrarian play to take it just to be different from the field is taking Colorado over Florida State. And that's especially if you do like Michigan to advance. If you're a big fan of the Michigan squad, taking Colorado over Florida State gets you a big advantage over the field. Okay, and then moving down that region, I think Texas is going to advance to the Sweet 16 against the winner of Michigan State and UCLA. Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Matt Coleman are all big-time guards. I don't think that Michigan State can match that depth in the backcourt. And then as far as the front court goes, Michigan State's strong there, but I think Jericho Sims and Greg Brown and Kai Jones have really emerged lately. And for the Big 12 champs, I think they're going to move to the Sweet 16. And then the bottom game is one I went back and forth on a lot. I love James Booknight. I like the UConn squad a lot. RJ Cole, Danny Curley coaching. But I think that uh, Bama's going to go ahead and win that game too. I think John Petty, Herb Jones, James Shackelford, Javon Quinterly's come on really strong lately. I think that Sweet 16 game between Alabama and Texas is going to be one to watch. And then I'll agree with you with Texas. I think uh, – Jericho Sims is playing really well. He's making a lot of money for himself over the past three days. And, and if Jericho Sims plays the way uh, he's, he's, he played in the Big 12 tournament, Texas is just an extremely dangerous team. And then same UConn, um, Alabama. It really depends on the health of RJ Cole here for UConn. Um, I don't know if, what you've heard out, but I'm not sure if he's going to be available in the, in the tournament or in this game. If RJ Cole plays and is fully healthy, I would entertain taking UConn here as as far as like a betting wise goes. But I do have Alabama advancing. Nitos has done an amazing job. Job Javon Quinterly has been really his emerge reemergence reemergence I should say has really taken this Bama squad to the next level. So I'll take a Bama to advance. And then take us home in the sweet. Who do you have in the sweet sixteen? That's kind of yeah. telling me who do you have like advancing in this bracket. And then in that sweet sixteen matchup, I have Florida State beating Michigan. I think that's where you're going to miss Isaiah Livers the most. Florida State, like I said, has a lot of perimeter pieces in MJ Walker, Anthony Polite, Scotty Barnes. I think that's going to be tough for Franz Wagner to deal with by himself. And then in the bottom, I have Bama shooting. Uh, Bama advancing over Texas. Bama is one of those teams that can either go out in the round of 32 or potentially go to the national championship game. And as long as they've got some shooting to go along with their athleticism and a defense that ranks second in defensive efficiency per Ken Palm, I think they're going to be able to go to the final four. And then, so you have Bama going to the final four? Yeah. Okay. And then we'll go quicker because I have the same exact, um, same exact scenario happening for the state's athleticism. Livers being questionable. Scotty Barnes is probably the best NBA talent on, on the floor in that game. Leonard Hamilton's been in this spot so many times. I think this is the time he finally gets it done. Florida State to the lead eight. And then Alabama over Texas, something I've gone through back and forth multiple times. Uh, I think Alabama can just match Texas's physicality. 
Um, they're they're just as athletic. They have their guards are just as good. I think they're just more consistent shot makers. Is why I think Alabama wins this game. But Texas, their guards they don't turn the ball over. They're really good, but they go through stretches where they struggle scoring the basketball. And I don't think you can do that against a team like Alabama that likes to run, that likes to push. And if your bricky misses off the backboard, Alabama usually turns those into quick buckets in, tra- in, in transition. So I think Alabama against Texas is the way to go here. And then I have Alabama against advancing against Florida State. I just love this Alabama team. I actually bet them to win the national championship at 28 to 1, at, thir- at 30 to 1. So I have like about $75 to win a couple thousand on Alabama winning the national championship. I would love to see them have a shot at Gonzaga. I think they're one of the only teams in this field that has a shot at beating the Bulldogs. So give me Bama in the final four. Okay. And then we're going to move on to the South region. Yes. And the first four games I have, I have Baylor beating Hartford. Pretty self-explanatory. They're a 26 and a half point favorite. Hartford's the team of the pod though. Shout out the Hawks, first NCAA tournament appearance. And then I have North Carolina beating Wisconsin. This is a really chalk pick, I feel like. I feel like not many people are acknowledging that Wisconsin's there. But I think the front court of Garrison Brooks, Daron Sharp, Armando Baycott's going to be able to outplay Nate Reavers and Micah Potter. And then the 5-12 game is probably the most interesting game on the first four. Uh, Winthrop versus Villanova. Winthrop is probably the most trendy 12-seed over 5-seed pick in this tournament. The Eagles are one of the fastest teams in the country. They have a point forward named Chandler Vaudrin, who is the big South player of the year. And he is super fun to watch. And Villanova, of course, lost Colin Gillespie to a torn ACL in the Big East tournament. Not the Big East tournament, the last game of the regular season. Even with that, I think Villanova has the better coach and they have the better NBA talent. I think this is a game where Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to announce himself as one of the best players in America. And they're going to move on. Purdue over North Texas. This is going to be a gross basketball game to watch. Both teams love to slug it out. Both teams love to play defense and slow the tempo. And I think Purdue is just going to have the better athletes and the better coach in Matt Painter. And I think they're going to move on. Yeah, I think so. Same Hartford. Shout out the Hartford Hawks. They're the team of the pod. Well, I'll bet them plus the 26 points solely out of obligation. Not that I think they're going to cover, but I feel I need to bet Hartford plus 26. I won't give that as official play, but if you love listening to the pod, we love the Hartford Hawks. And then North Carolina, Wisconsin, same chalk. They're actually one of my favorite bets of the entire weekend. I know everyone's picking North Carolina, but like you said, I, I think UNC is just going to dominate the boards here with Sharp, Baycott, Garrison Brooks. And I feel like Wisconsin's going to have to make at least 40% from three just to be able to hang around. So I'll take the Tar Heels here. And then uh, Winthrop over Villanova. Villanova, actually, I felt like had struggled even with Collins left in the lineup. They're allowing teams to shoot nearly 40% from three. Winthrop has so many guys that can shoot the ball. They play, they're one of the deepest teams in this tournament. They play 10 guys. Chance Baldwin has an awesome story. He played at DT's. D2 school in Walsh University in Uniontown, Ohio. Bet on himself, went to Winthrop, had no guarantee that he was even going to start, Nate, or he was even going to play. What's inserted in that lineup has been the their best player for two years, averages nearly a triple-double, like 12 points, seven assists, eight rebounds, something like that. Has had three triple-doubles this entire year. And he's a guy that just sets a tempo and can take over. And I think Winthrop will have a little bit of trouble with uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but just Winthrop shooting and Villanova's inability to defend the three ball gets Winthrop past the Wildcats here. And then just to be boring, Purdue, North Texas, North Texas, it's going to be a slugfest. It's bet the under uh, Purdue. Oh, we have Purdue advancing. Okay. And then moving down that group, uh, Texas versus Utah State is one of the more fascinating matchups in the tournament. Both teams love to play defense. You know, Chris Beard is this is his encore after his 2019 national championship run. But I have the Aggies advancing. I was pleasantly surprised that they avoided the four, first four in the tournament. And Nemea Shikata is going to be a name to know come 
Sunday afternoon when they play their round of 32 game. He's one of the best centers in the country. Texas Tech is a really poor, good matchup for him. They have no one bigger than 6'7", and Marco Santos Silva is their big man. And Keita almost stretches out to 7'1". He blocks shots. He makes plays. He scores. He dominates the paint. And I think they're going to really struggle with him. Moving down, Arkansas and Colgate. Colgate's getting a little bit of love as an upset pick here. And I can see why. They play fast. They have a deep plethora of guards led by Jordan Burns, who was the Patriot, one of the best players in the Patriot League this season. But I think Arkansas is going to be too deep. I think Eric Musselman can coach his ass off, and I think they're going to be able to beat them. Florida, Virginia Tech, these are two teams that just don't do it for me, not going to lie, which I feel a lot about the 7-10 games. Florida had a mess season. Virginia Tech beat Villanova early, but they have really slid off late with COVID pauses and a couple weak losses. And I think Florida advances there. Trey Mann, too much. And then 15-seeded Oral Roberts versus Ohio State. I will be betting the plus 16 and a half, I think, is the spread for Oral Roberts and Max Abnus. But I think Ohio State's going to advance. Yeah, oh man. Wow. I thought we, again, we didn't plan this before, but we, I have Utah State advancing for Texas Tech too. Um, I, we're just smart. Just we're, This is the smart uh, person's bracket here. We just know our college basketball. And then Kata, I saw him and I covered the Mountain West tournament and I, and just, I saw him against Colorado State. He had 18 points, 13 rebounds, and seven blocks, Nate. Almost a triple-double with block shots. I've never seen anything like it. I think he's the second most talented center in this draft outside of Evan Mobley, and I'm not forgetting about Luca Garza. I'm not forgetting about Hunter Dickinson. I just think Kata is just that good, especially on the defensive end. Texas Tech really struggles scoring the ball outside of Mac McClung, and he's really their only shooter. Their other guys, Kyler Edwards, Terrence Shannon, they're slashers. They like to get to the rim. That's going to be a problem with Kata there in the middle. I think Brock Miller um, went, is supposed to be getting healthier, According to Craig Smith in their press conferences, he's making a lot of progress. He's still going to be playing injured, but I think a healthy Brock Miller, then you'd have a lot of good glue guys like Alfonso Anderson who can make clutch shots. Utah State just has the more consistent shot makers, and I think they pull up the, pull off the upset in Texas Tech. I actually have a bet in this game in the first half, under, under 61, one of my favorite bets in the first day of the tournament. First half unders are, have been extremely profitable um, in the early games. And this is just going to be a total bloodbath, Nate. It's an absolute bloodbath on the defensive end. Both teams love to defend. Texas Tech struggles to shoot. Utah State on offense, they're extremely slow. They love to string out possessions. And I think this is going to be an under game. Arkansas, Colgate, Eric Musselman's not losing in the first round. Uh, Florida, Virginia Tech, I love me some Trey man. I love me some Trey Mann, uh, Ryan Castleton. I think they get it done against Virginia Tech. And um, Max, I can never pronounce his last name. Max Ibis. Is that right? I think it's Abnis. Abnis? Max Abnis, the leading scorer in the country. 6'1 sophomore. He's extremely electric. And I feel like in this David Goliath matchup, like you said, um, he could be the stone, the one, the single stone that knocks Ohio State out. I think Ohio State survives here, though, and I'll have Ohio State advancing. Okay, and then to start off the round of 32 games, Baylor-North Carolina is going to be a great 1-8 game. Baylor struggles with what North Carolina does well. North Carolina is one of the best, is probably the best offensive rebounding team in the country. I saw in their game against Notre Dame, they rebounded 61% of their misses with De'Ron Sharp, again, and Armando Baycott. Those are stud big, mans, big men. But I think Baylor has too much in the backcourt. I think they're going to overwhelm the freshman Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. And I think Macy O.T., Jared Butler, and Davion Mitchell are going to get Baylor through the Sweet 16. And then Purdue and Villanova, for all the reasons that Villanova might lose to Winthrop, I think they are going to lose to Purdue for sure. Purdue has Trayvon Williams. Purdue has a plethora of guards in the backcourt that can get buckets and play defense. And Matt Painter is going to get back to another Sweet 16. Yeah, I think uh, Baylor, the Baylor, the, yeah, can't talk. The Baylor matchup against North Carolina is really interesting because of North Carolina's size. 
but I'll have Baylor advancing. And then I'll have Purdue advancing against uh, Winthrop. I think Purdue to make the Sweet 16 at minus 120 is a valuable bet. All right. And then moving down, I'm going to have Arkansas beating Utah State. Both these teams like to play – not. Both these teams like to play good defense. Arkansas ranks 13th in adjusted efficiency on the defensive end, and Utah State ranks 8th. And But I think Arkansas's talent on the offensive end, I think Moses Moody is going to be someone that people are going to be talking about in the Sweet 16 as one of the best players from the first weekend. And I think that they're going to advance with their depth. And then that game between Florida and Ohio State, I think Ohio State's going to have a little too much for them. Colin Castleton's going to present a pretty big problem for EJ Liddell, but – I think he's going to be someone that can bring him outside the paint and really dominate him on the perimeter. Yeah, I think same. Uh, Moses Moody and the athleticism for – and Justin Smith, the athleticism for Arkansas, too much for the Aggies. We'll have them advancing. I think that's just a terrible matchup for Utah State, and I love Craig Smith too. And then Ohio State against Florida. I think Ohio State gets a really good draw on the fact they'll advance – they'll easily advance to the Sweet 16. I don't think Florida gives them much of a challenge here. I'll take the Buckeyes. All right, what, let's move on to the Sweet 16. And then in the Sweet 16, I have Baylor over Purdue. I think Baylor is, at this point, pretty underrated. I think they closed the season kind of struggling, but that was with a weak COVID pause, difficult schedule, lots of back-to-back -back games. I think they were fatigued. I think a week of just practice and being in the bubble will do them wonders. I have them beating Purdue. And then Arkansas's run in the Sweet 16 ends against Ohio State. I don't love Connor Vanover. I don't love Jalen Williams or any of Arkansas's bigs to, again, take over the paint against a team like Ohio State. So I have Ohio State and Baylor. This is the chalkiest region that I have. And then Baylor beating Ohio State to advance to the Final Four. And then um, I'll have Baylor beating Purdue. Travion Williams is awesome, but I don't think they do enough to beat Baylor, Jared Butler, Marcio Teague here. Then Ohio State over Arkansas. I know Arkansas, the Hogs have been a sleeper pick here, but Again, everyone's been kind of downing Ohio State. Uh, Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell are pretty good, and I think people in the, in the country are just not appreciating that. Give me the Buckeyes. And then I'm going to take the Buckeyes to beat Baylor here. Um, I think Ohio State kind of matches up with Baylor. I think Dwayne Washington – I think to beat Baylor, you have to have tough shot makers. You have to have guys that can get buckets one-on-one, -on -one, and Ohio State has that with Dwayne Washington, E.J. Liddell. I think Kyle Young's toughness can match Mark Vidal down low. And Chris Holtman has done a really good job and just I, – I really like this pick because I need my bracket to be a little bit different. I don't think people are giving Ohio State a lot of love in this tournament. A lot of them have them have them losing in the Sweet 16. There's some people even having them lose to Earl Roberts. So I think Ohio State going to the Final Four here is something that's going to really separate my bracket. So I'll take Ohio State with the upset beating Baylor. Okay, and then we're going to move on to the final region. We're going to move on to the Midwest, where we have Illinois taking on the Drexel Dragons, who are making their first tournament appearance since the mid-90s. It's going to be a short-lived one. Illinois is going on. They're playing the best basketball in the country besides Gonzaga right now. And then in that 8-9 game, we saw Moses, the news break last night that Moses Wright is going to be out for Georgia Tech, which is a real bummer because Moses Wright and Cameron Crutwig was going to be probably my favorite individual matchup to watch in the first round of the tournament. And I really don't see how they're going to create enough offense without him to get past the Loyola Chicago. And then that 5-12 game, Oregon State had a great run in the Pac-12 tournament. I don't think they're going to get past Tennessee. Tennessee is just a bad matchup for them. Ethan Thompson, Jared Lucas, Johnny Hunt, they're all finesse players in the backcourt. And I think Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer are going to be too much on the offensive end and defensive end. This is my big upset for the tournament, I think. A lot of people have Oklahoma State going deep in this tournament. A lot of people think they were underseeded as a four seed. You can make that argument with the wins they have. A lot of them were close. They don't rate out well in metrics. But I have Liberty advancing. Two years ago, oh, wow. Liberty beat, two years ago, Liberty beat Michigan State, not Michigan State, Mississippi State. They have a little 5'9 guard named Darius McGee, who's one of the most electric scorers in the country. They have Chris Parker, who's a senior point guard. They have Elijah Cuffey, who's a senior. They have a team littered with upperclassmen. And I think they're going to give Oklahoma State problems. Well, okay. I, I, I respect it. I respect it. So we have, that's our big, Nate's big upset. My big upset was Grand Canyon over Iowa. You got Liberty. The Liberty Flames over Oklahoma State. So, Cade Cunningham going early for you. 
And when you're talking about contrarian picks in your bracket pool, I think a lot of people, just because of Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State has had a great season. But because of that, I think people are going to pick them far. I think they're a trendy Elite Eight Final Four pick. And I think they're going to lose to Liberty. I'm, I've been convincing myself of that the whole week. I love it. I respect it. Um, so I'll go Illinois versus – I'll start off Illinois versus Drexel. Like you said, the Illini are playing the best basketball outside of Gonzaga. I would assume Kofi Cockburn, um, Alex Corbello, and then Trey, even a veteran. They have veterans like Trent Frazier. I think they cover. I think they win by 40 in this one. I think minus 22, minus 23 is a very short number. And then uh, Loyola Chicago against Georgia Tech. I was considering taking Josh Pastner in the shield before the Moses Wright news. Uh, Moses Wright being out just kind of makes that decision a lot easier for me and i'll have tennessee beating oregon state and then i won't follow you with the upset with liberty that'll be your pick i'll take i think liberty has a chance to keep it close though but i think kate cunningham uh, survives in the first round we'll we'll move on to that bottom half okay i have syracuse beating san diego state I love the Aztecs, but I think we've seen in tournaments of past that as long as Syracuse gets in, that 2-3 zone is going to give teams problems. And the way Buddy Beheim is shooting the ball right now, I think that they're going to be able to work around the stud defense of San Diego State. The 3-14 game is an interesting one. I have West Virginia winning, but I think Moorhead State's going to keep it close. Moorhead State really impressed me in the Ohio Valley tournament. I watched their semifinal and final against Eastern Kentucky, and then they blew out Belmont, who, as we know, is one of the mid-major powers. Johnny Broom's going to be a name to remember for a while. He's a freshman at Moorhead State, and I wouldn't be surprised if he leads them back to the tournament. And then the last two games, I have Rutgers beating Clemson. Clemson is another one of those seven seeds that I thought was overseeded. They had a couple good wins early on in Alabama and Purdue, but then they really struggled towards the end of the year. They got blown out by like 20 points in four out of five games in some point in January. And then Houston over Cleveland State is just – Houston's really good. I love Houston. Yeah, I'll have – I agree with you on the Syracuse one. I'll take the Aztecs. I love the Aztecs. I do think they have shooters with Jordan Shackle, Matt Mitchell, Terrell Gomez that can um, really um, damage this 2-3 zone. I'm not really sure how Syracuse scores on the offensive end. I know Buddy Beheim has been going off recently, but San Diego State's just so good on that on that side of the ball. Nathan Mensa is a, a great in the middle. Jordan Shackle is one of the better primer defenders in all of college basketball. Trey Polham's not bad as well. So the way San Diego State plays, they have unfinished business from last March. Matt Mitchell, Jordan Shackle, Nathan Mensa, they're not going to lose in the first round. Give me the Aztecs. Uh, West Virginia – uh, against Moorhead State. I love the Moorhead State story. Uh, I think this is, is this their first tournament appearance in school history? No, nah, they were there 10 years ago. With oh, they were there 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah, I remember now. They they upset someone, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. They beat Louisville on a buzzer beater. Yeah. Okay. So, West Virginia advancing there. And then Rutgers, Miles Johnson, Ron Harper Jr., too much for Clemson. I think they can shut down Amari Sims. And once you do that for the Tigers, Clemson has a really hard time scoring. This is this is a game you're not really going to want to watch on TV. Just kind of look at the score to see that Rutgers has advanced. Then Houston over Cleveland State. I like the Vikings, but Houston's just going to run all over them. They play similar types of basketball, but Houston's just a lot better. So I think Houston covers the 20. Then okay. we'll go back to the top with Illinois and Loyola, Loyola Chicago. I think Illinois really got screwed right here. They definitely got the toughest eight, nine matchup as eight matchup. As far as metrics go, Loyola Chicago has been top 10 in Ken Palm and other metrics for pretty much the last month of the season after dominating the uh, Missouri Valley conference. I think they're going to be a little overmatched here athletically. I think AO, I think Kofi Coburn and then Andre Corbello as a difference maker off the bench is going to be too much for the Ramblers to get past. And then at 5-13 game, I have Tennessee beating Liberty. I think that's where the Cinderella run ends. Okay. Then Illinois is, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. The, that 1-8 matchup is going to be super fun to watch. I love Cameron Crutwig, but I don't think he's going to be able to handle the athletic beast as Kofi Coburn. If he does get Coburn in foul trouble, though, watch out for the Ramblers. 
they have a really good they have that pack line or an adjusted version of that pack line defense um lucas williamson is really good i think illinois advances though like actually this is more of a fade towards tennessee than it is for love for oklahoma (laughs) or oklahoma state i think kate cunningham gets to the sweet 16 and we get that dream matchup between io and cade and then i think sandy and then we'll 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 have you follow with the bottom half and then west virginia over syracuse i think Derek colbert is going to be too much for the syracuse front court who's pretty small with quincy garrier and alan griffin and then miles mcbride is just a big game player i think that he has the potential to be a guy that at some point in his career leads west virginia to a final four and then the last game in that bracket i have houston beating Rutgers. i think houston has the easiest road to the sweet 16 out of all the top all the number two seeds that 7-10 game just kind of does nothing for me, and I think they'll cruise into the Sweet 16. And then uh, this is where my bracket really separates from people. I've gone back and forth on this matchup for what seems to be forever. Like, I've, I've had West Virginia in my Final Four even at times, but I'm going to take San Diego State, the upset Bob Huggins team here. They can match them physically. They're really, like I said, they're really good defensively on the perimeter. I think they'll try and target Terrell Gomez, but if Terrell Gomez can just handle Sean McNeil and guys like that, he can still be successful on the offensive end. I think San Diego State has a really good shot here. And Nathan Mensah is going to give Derek Culvert a lot of problems down low. And Matt Mitchell just can take over a game. And I can this is one I think this is one of the games that really decide how decides how the bracket's gonna go. I think the winner of this game will beat Houston. So I'll have the San Diego State Aztecs advancing to the Sweet 16. And then Houston versus Rutgers is going to be one of the best bets of the tournament. Houston minus whatever points or Houston minus whatever points against Clemson. Like, I really don't care what the spread is. I think the Cougars will roll against either of those teams. And we'll okay, go. And then moving on to the Sweet 16, I have Illinois getting past Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee has anyone that's going to be able to deal with Kofi on the inside, with John Fulkerson still struggling with that concussion, and Eve Pons is more of a perimeter player. And then Houston, I have going over West Virginia. Houston can match up to West Virginia on the inside with a lot of big bodies, and then they can defend the shit out of you on the perimeter. And then this is one where, like you said, a lot of people were playing Oklahoma State to beat Illinois. Here, I know the the Pokes beat Baylor in the Big Twelve uh, tournament game, but that's not going to happen here. It's just it's just not going to happen. Illinois is going to run. I think Illinois wins this game and covers against Oklahoma State. I would assume they're just they just have more talented pieces. Where Oklahoma State has a couple guys with Cade and Likely and Bones. Uh, likely on the Desumo is a kind of an interesting matchup that I would like to see, and I would like to see how Io um, does in that in uh, that circumstance. But Illinois is just going to advance here, so give me the Illini in the Elite Eight, and then San Diego State with Houston. I think with Houston, um, they're kind of play like those old Rick Pitino teams. They foul in almost every possessions, and like the refs can't call every foul can't give them every call so they just end up just bludgeoning teams and then that teams that can't handle their physicality and in the american they just get killed um houston really relies on the offensive boards too they're the best offensive rebounding team in the country i don't think they really flow on offense i think quentin grimes is a nice player but outside of really him i'm not sure if they have an efficient score on their team and San Diego State's a team that can master physicality. They can rebound. They have 7-2 Nathan Mensa. Matt Mitchell can rebound. Their guards can rebound outside of Terrell Gomez. So San Diego State being a math, being able to match their physicality and being able and – and they're the team that I trust more to make clutch shots in this game. Give me the Aztecs. It might be a little bit of my Mountain West homerism coming out, but I'll have the Aztecs advancing to the lead eight. Okay, and then my final four pick is going to be Houston out of this region. Uh, That's a little bit of a shocker, a little bit of a differentiator when you have the whole world picking Illinois to probably go to the national championship game. I think Illinois is going to struggle in this matchup. I think Houston has people that they can throw at Io. I think people they have people they can throw at Kofi. They have Breon Gresham, Fabian White, Reggie Chaney. 
they have got they have just a lot of post players that are skilled big physical guys that just love to beat up players inside they have the eighth if most efficient offense in the country 15th most def- 15th best defensive efficiency in the country per ken palm number one effective field goal percentage in the country and second in offensive rebounding percentage i think they have the perfect combination to give illinois problems and then dejan Jarrell, i know you talked about quentin grimes their point guard has really emerged lately He's really good on the defensive end. He's a really good passer. He sort of made that team go since they've lost games to Wichita State, East Carolina, and Tulsa. They haven't had a game besides the two games against Memphis, who I think was a tournament quality team. They beat Western Kentucky by 25, Cincinnati by 40, South Florida by 40, Cincinnati by 40 again. I mean, they've been running through teams. So I think they can go to the Final Four. I do like that pick as a bracket differentiator. Uh like a, a bracket difference maker. I did the same thing with Ohio State. So I respect Houston in the Final Four, even though I have them losing the San Diego State in Sweet 16. I think that's a really quality strategy, especially, again, we're going to keep on talking about bracket strategy, especially if you're in one of those brackets with a bunch of people. Like if you have Houston going over Illinois and you have and you like them going to the lead eight, that can totally flip the switch on your entire bracket and you can jump a lot of people, but I am, but I'm not going to have a, a shocker here. Illinois for San Diego. See if this is a lead eight matchup, I'm going to have the Illini moving forward to the final four. I think that's just the most likely scenario here. Uh, I really like Brad Underwood and what he's done. And then I feel like Io is going to just have one of those tournaments where he's just the best player in in March, and he's just going to make himself a lot of money. I think he's just kind of the March story is going to be Io. And for that to happen, Illinois is going to have to make the Final Four, and that's what I have them doing. So okay, we'll go to the Final Four between – we'll start with the West and East, just kind of before you go, Nate. Just repeat who do you have in your final four and, and who you're taking in these matchups, and we'll break them down. Okay, so my final four ended up being Gonzaga versus Alabama and then Baylor versus Houston and a little bit of an all-Texas showdown. In that first game, I think, like you said earlier, that Alabama, when they're on, can play with Gonzaga. It's just a matter of them being able to knock down shots and playing a full 40 minutes of basketball to beat them, which I think you have to do against Gonzaga this season. And I just don't think that Gonzaga is going to get overmatched for 40 minutes against them. I don't think Bama's the team. I don't think they have someone who can guard Drew Timmy on the inside. I think that they are going to move on to the national championship. And then in the bottom game, I have Baylor over Houston. The same reasons that I like Houston to beat Illinois, I really don't like them to beat Baylor. Houston is kind of an under, like they have a lot of forwards that can throw at you, but none of them are 7-1 like Kofi is. Baylor's kind of the same way. They have Flo Thamba, Jonathan Chamochachwa. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Guys hey, who get after you it. pronounced it right. Awesome. <laughs> getting it out like what's it called getting after it on the offensive glass I think that's going to be a brutal matchup and then I think Quentin Grimes and Dejan Giroux are an elite backcourt but I don't think they have a third piece they have Marcus Sasser who's pretty good I don't think they have a third piece that can play with Macy Oteague or Davion Mitchell or Jared Butler I think one of those three is going to go nuts awesome I think it's will go same matchup in Zaga Alabama I said before Alabama is the type of mold that can give Gonzaga problems when they're on. They shoot a lot of threes in transition. You kind of saw in the BYU game, they'd run up the court. Gonzaga would be a little slow uh, getting back on defense, and they would just shoot these rhythm threes early in the shot clock. Alabama does a lot of that, but I'm not really sure. But we kind of saw with BYU, despite them making like their first nine threes or something ridiculous like that, Gonzaga was able to come back. I feel like if Gonzaga was going to lose in this tournament, it would it was going to be like an early game, like a tough Sweet 16, like a Florida State or something like that in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. And obviously, they didn't get that draw. Once they get to the Final Four, man, they're going to be plugged in, and I just don't I don't see it. Like I just don't see it with the way their offense goes with Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy, Corey Kispert, Joel Yahi. You have Andrew Nimhart coming off the bench. You have a one of the most quality defenders, Anton Watson. I don't think people don't talk about him enough. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can guard all five positions. I think he's going to be a nightmare matchup for Herbert Jones. Like when you put Watson on Jones, he's the t- perfect type of guy who can guard that point forward position. And 
Yeah, man, I just don't see it. I think it's Zag advances against Alabama. Nate Oates, great story. He's going to be – I feel like he's going to make – get one of those big jobs one day after this Bama Final Four run. But I have – Gonzaga is a, is a team that is on a mission, and they will be in the national championship game. And then I have a middle mid, mid Midwest rematch here in Ohio State and Illinois here. Um, Buckeyes, great story. Dwayne Walk, Ohio State beat the Illinois in Champaign. People really forget that game. Just it was kind of Ohio State's breakout performance where they're up by like 15 or 18 at halftime against Illinois. And we saw in the Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship game, they made that late second half run, took the game to overtime, and they match up pretty well with the Illini here, but I think Illinois at the end of the end of the day uh, beats Ohio State, and we are going to see the national championship game that we have all been clamoring for, the Illini versus Gonzaga. Okay, in my national championship game, we have another game that people really wanted to see in December but got canceled due to COVID between Gonzaga and Baylor. And these are probably the two most talented teams in the country, I would say, as far as eight deep. They just have guys that just come off the bench, flamethrowers. Baylor has Matt Mayer and Adam Flagler come off the bench who can really just demoralize you if Macy Oteague or Davion Mitchell isn't playing well. And then you have guys like Andrew Nemhard for Gonzaga. You have guys like Anton Watson, like you said. And I think Gonzaga is going to be too much here for Baylor. I think it's going to be a great game but I think Gonzaga is going to have too much. I think Drew Timmy is going to be the difference inside. I think that, yeah, Jonathan Chamochachua and Philothamba are good players. They're high-energy guys. I don't think they're skilled like Drew Timmy is. Drew Timmy is a second-team All-American, 16 points a game, nine rebounds. He has so many moves in the post, and I think that that's going to be the difference. Yeah, my national championship game, I think it's just going to be such a damn fun game with the watch, man. Io versus Jalen Sutt, Coffee Cockburn versus Drew Timmy, Alex Corbello versus Andrew Nimhard. Man, it's just gonna be awesome basketball. Light it, it's gonna light up the scoreboard, man. It's gonna be ah, oh, I'm just like my mouth is watering just thinking about this. It's just Gonzaga versus Illinois is everything we want. I do think Gonzaga comes through though. Just Mark Few's teams on a mission, and if they get to this point, like they're they're not stopping. I have a Gonzaga future that I bet at 10 to 1 before um, the season started. And I unloaded again at plus 220 when I was in Vegas for the conference tournaments on Gonzaga. I don't see Gonzaga. I don't see a team outside of Gonzaga winning this tournament. And I know that's kind of boring to say. I know you got, it would be nice to have kind of like a hot take, but we're going to go with the most likely scenario that's going to happen. Gonzaga is the probably the best college basketball team that I have seen since I in my lifetime watching college basketball. I think you can make an argument, maybe that Kentucky team that lost in the Final Four, but I think Gonzaga gets it done here and wins. And uh, actually, we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get a really close game. I have a high scoring game. Gonzaga wins eighty eight to eighty four in an offensive shootout. My tiebreaker score is 78-71. I think Baylor is really good on the defensive end. I think they'll be able to limit the to – not totally limit, be able to slow down Gonzaga at times, make runs, keep the game close. So I got 78-71, looking for a total of about 150. Awesome. So that's our bracket. Um, well, thank you guys kind of for watching. Any, any type of – any thoughts? How are you going to be watching the tournament, Nate? I should ask that. I'm going to be on the couch. I'm going to be on the couch with my buddies with a big screen, two other small TVs, and then my computer on my lap getting four games going at once like it should be. Damn, I'm, I'm jealous. I do. We got like the movie theater uh, like couch. So we have so I'll fight some people over. We have a big TV. I'm trying to find room because the TV is too big on the entertainment center to put like another small TV there. So we're trying to work to see if we're going to have the laptops out, what we're going to do there. And Man, I'm really looking forward to enjoying March. I'll be writing about the tournaments a lot as well. So I'll be writing while watching the games. I'll be giving out betting picks, any type of work or any type of content, Nate, that, you, that you're looking to churn out. We got full region previews on student union sports right now. And then I'm going to have some recap content from each round. So be on the lookout for that. 
All right, yeah, just follow us on Twitter at the Men of March Pod. Uh, follow me on Twitter at A Montgomery Live. And Nate, your handle is Nate underscore Marcus. That's correct. Nate Marcus One. Nate Marcus One. Nate Marcus One. Follow Nate on Twitter. Nate just turns turns out content like nobody else. Like the guy is an absolute animal. Writes awesome articles. Gives you like as you guys can tell, just gives you great information on the pod. He does it in his articles as well. If you love college basketball, Nate's a must-follow. So thank you guys for listening. Um, we're so excited for March, and we'll, we're just going to enjoy the madness, Nate. Yes, we are. All right. See you guys later.